<laughs> All right, we're recording. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Best Fit Body Podcast. I'm Elle, and I am one of your co-hosts today. I have with me the lovely Jules. Hey, Jules, what's up? Hey, hey, Elle. Hey, everybody out there in podcast listening land. Podcast listening land. In today's episode, we are going to be talking about something that Jules and I have talked about for probably years now. We've probably talked about this topic for a while. We have some pretty strong opinions on it. And today you are going to get to hear both of us share those opinions. And the topic is, oh, it's kind of a loaded one. It is about coaches in the online fitness space overstepping their boundaries with their clients. We are also going to be talking about how consumers, you guys listening, can protect yourself from false information and being swayed into purchasing things from people online that are completely influencing you and not always in a good way. So this comes from Jules. She's got one side of it. I've got another side of it that we've both witnessed. And you know what? We're out here trying to make you all healthier. And the problem is, is when we don't step up and talk about these issues, we've got all of you you know, possibly making decisions that aren't going to make you healthier and are not going to make you happier and they're not bettering yourself. So today is a fun one. It's an opinionated one. And we've already been talking for like an hour about this topic. We were like, oh shoot, we should probably hit record or else we're never going to get what we actually have to say out there because we're going to have already talked about it over and over again. Absolutely. I have to say, you know, it's funny. I think Al... Well, Elle did say that we've been talking about this for a few years. It has been actually, um, or some variation of this, has been uh, a bug in my ear for probably as long as I have been in the health and fitness industry because <laughs> the, the amazing thing about how much we know about our bodies and our health, there's so much we don't know. And so when we leave the things out there that we don't know, then what happens is that becomes a very vulnerable space for people to be taken advantage of. And I saw this way early on when I was a student in my undergraduate studying nutrition and I was, I had to do a, 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 um, like a little rotation in community nutrition and I was out talking to a lot of people and the misinformation out there sometimes as people in the industry you know we cipher through the facts and the details but people out there are hearing things and how they interpret it and how they are trying to figure it out they get overwhelmed and so they often will turn to somebody that they perceive as a professional or somebody they perceive who is an expert. And sometimes that person may come off as professional or an expert, but they really don't have the qualifications. And so it becomes, you know, oh, so-and-so said, so this must be true. And so it is, it becomes this very complicated thing. And for a lot of people in the health industry, we get frustrated by that because ultimately we do want to impart upon everyone the facts and sometimes the facts have some gray areas and those are hard to explain to people but it is often we just 
this conversation we wanted to have with you today is a lot from our perspective, from our experience, from things we've observed, as well as what, what the facts are. So, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, and I definitely want to start off, so we're going to get into it, and I just want to start off by saying how much I love social media and how much I think people can, it's a way easier space to find someone that you can relate to. I know that if you, you know, if you're listening to this, you likely have some form of social media and you're listening to this because you relate to us or something we've talked about in the past, or you just want, want to know more about this topic. And the thing about relating to different people on social media is that you will be influenced by them and you may choose to buy a product from them or even purchase a service from them uh, and work with them maybe through some sort of coaching type of relationship. But you have to be careful as a consumer not to take everything that somebody says that you maybe admire or look up to as factual and as truth. And as a consumer, it is entirely up to you to make those decisions. And it, it's hard because we are just, we have information thrown at us at all different points of the day, nonstop. And then at the end of the day, we're like, whoa, well, we heard so many different opposing sides, opposing opinions. And honestly, unless you do the research yourself or you read the published research by somebody else, you can't go based off of what a claim is on an ad on Instagram or even what a coach that you have paid is telling you. Exactly. And you know, also, we have to respect the fact that um, even a professional may discuss a topic with somebody and have the facts and present that, you know, ultimately, you as a consumer, you have the right to make decisions and make decisions on potentially perceived risks. And so, you know, what you might be told about or educated on may sound really great, but there may be some risk involved and you may be willing to take the risk of something. So this is, it can get yeah, a little fine. bit complicated, but you know, this all um, started really, or it sort of spurred me on to want to talk about this with some very, very specific things that, um, we have seen in the coaching industry and and this sort of just launched this big fat opinion i have on this um <laughs> about coaches overstepping their boundaries because these days it doesn't take a lot to you know hang up a coach sick, uh, shingle and say yes i'm going to guide you through your health and fitness journey but a lot of times we don't have a deeper level connection with our, our clients in, unless we um, ask for that trust and they trust us to share the information. You know, there is that level of trust between a coach and a client, and it does start out with a good form of, you know, a good rela a relationship of, and communication. And the, you know, the client has to do the due diligence of researching the coach, find out what is the education behind, you know, this person? Is it something that this person has some education in the topic area? Um, it's sort of like, would you go to a marriage counselor who doesn't have any experience, but they in marriage counseling, but they were married, but they have a mechanic shop, you know, and they may be really good at automobile fixing because that's what they were trained on. But then they went on, became a marriage counselor because maybe they, they got married through or yeah. So, <laughs> so you do want to make sure that that person you're trusting, that was kind of a weird 
No, but it's, like, but it's true though. But you do find it, it does seem like this sometimes though. Like you do see people all of a sudden become fitness coaches because they did a fitness thing once, you know, or twice or like, and, and unfortunately we can even bring this up. You do see people getting into these roles where they're guiding mass amounts of people and, and they grew their audience and then somehow have these credentials that they'll say when it's all because they looked good and they got this audience and then they influence the audience and it has nothing to do with the information. It's that they are, you know, people do worship certain people and take anything they say. Absolutely. And you know, it's, it, it's true what the influencer is putting out there versus what the, I look at as what we do as education. You know, we try to educate people on the concepts versus we're trying to influence them to do something that we want them to do. And so looking at it from one perspective of influencing somebody versus educating somebody, what we have, what forced me to kind of speak up is I have, um, I've seen way too many coaches asking for blood work on clients and then from the blood work, making supplementation recommendations based on the blood work. And what really got me on this um, was the idea that these coaches are again, influencing people to then go ahead and buy supplements based on what their blood levels are saying. When these coaches are not doctors. And if, you know, anybody can really go online and you can order, you know, or go into labs and order blood work, you can ask your, your primary doctor to order blood work. But when they start to order blood work on a healthy person who's gone for a physical, the nothing is showing up as being abnormal, and then asking for a higher level of blood work, and so that they can then make their suggestions for supplementation, not necessarily because the blood work is abnormal, because if it's abnormal, they should be seeing a specialist. So if they're asking for thyroid function and something shows up funky in your thyroid function, then you really should be going to an endocrinologist. And But if they tell you, well, your, your levels are normal, but if you take the supplement, we're going to have optimal levels. That is a red flag for me. You know, it's one of those things that um, there's, a, there's a gazillion supplements out there. there. There's a lot of marketing involved. There's a lot of um, attempt at education, but it is more to sell you something rather than you become informed and decide for yourself if you want to take the supplementation under advisement of what some of the risks may be whether it is just a risk of wasting your money or it's a risk of potentially tipping a normal level into maybe not so much a normal level, specifically with like thyroid function, because I see a lot of this. I see a lot of this. Well, you know, your, your thyroid function may be off or your cortisol level may be off. Um, And, you know, those things fluctuate in everybody, but if you are a healthy individual, your body is, handling those fluctuations. It's if they're not, if you're not healthy, you won't be able to handle the fluctuation. So then if you start to throw some extra supplements that your body doesn't need, that becomes that sort of straw that breaks the camel's Yeah. Down. I would say that, and 
I don't even like, I don't have the problem with being like, Hey, you know, if a coach is like, Hey, I want, you know, you to get blood work done because I want to make sure you're healthy. It's more of like, what, what is the coach planning to do with you that they're so worried about if you're healthy enough to withstand it? Um, And that's kind of like a little bit of a concern for me is that what types of things are you going to start suggesting for this person? Um, And they just, they do take on that role of a doctor. And like what I said at the beginning about, you know, social media being great, I do think that people can find, you know, really relatable people and they may struggle with finding a doctor that's relatable and understands their lifestyle. Maybe, you know, I've heard tons of my clients have gone to the doctor and, you know, the doctors have suggested one thing and they're like, but you don't understand that my lifestyle is way different than that. Um, So I think that people get a little frustrated with doctors because they don't know much about them. They don't spend enough time. You know how when you go to see your doctor, it's like, okay, you're in and out in 10 minutes and you're like, whoa, I I don't have a relationship with my doctor like I used to. So I get that. I get that aspect of finding an online coach that you can relate to and talk about health things with. But they are not qualified for these things. So they are online fitness coaches, fine, but they are not physicians. Hey, maybe they're both fine. If you find one of those, cool, great. But you have to separate uh, what what you're getting from somebody and um, understand what their credentials and capabilities are. Absolutely. And, you know, these days, you know, it was very, very different 20 years ago. You know, you spoke with, you know, your doctor, I want to say even longer than, you know, and and Al, you make a great point about, many people have this experience with their doctors that maybe the doctor doesn't know a lot about nutrition. And believe me, many doctors don't, but a doctor can look at your body in terms of like, are you healthy or not? And then if you're determined not to be healthy, then there's the next level of things. Then, then you look into what is the issue with the health, but to go ahead and take a person who, you know, on all surfaces, especially a lot of times people will come and work with a coach and we experience this a lot. Um, and they are healthy, but if something crops up while we're in the process of coaching, you know, the first thing we do is make sure that their health is a priority. So I often will recommend that my clients will go and, you know, look into things for the health. Like if somebody is, you know, is complaining about being very, very tired for what seems a little unusual, or it seems to be getting in their way of living a comfortable, healthy life, then often I'll say, when was the last time you had a physical? And often is, gee, you know, it's been a while. So then referring back for that symptomatic or maybe not even that big a symptom, but just to kind of clear the air, make sure everything's okay. But then let that doctor, that professional, because I'm not that professional. Now I do have more credentials in the nutrition end. So if somebody says, well, okay, my iron count came back low, help me find some foods that are going to help me boost my iron, you know, that those are things that we can without talk about supplementation. without an extra supplementation. Yes. And if a supplementation is, is needed, right, then that should be if their iron level is. Right. And that is, but that is based on the rec- recommendations of your doctor. Correct. You can't be going to your fitness coach and asking for recommendations for supplementation for things that you cannot get from food. Right. You know? Someone who's, it, wor- if someone can suggest, hey, you know, you eat this type of food if you're a little deficient in this. If that doesn't cover it, then it's a step above. It's outside of your 
your pay grade. Like, and, and, and there are often, there are times that nutri- nutrients need to be added back and for like fortification, um, back into your diet, especially for somebody who may be in a caloric deficit and training hard that there are often things that are hard to get in a balanced nutrition because maybe you are being restricted enough. Yeah. Um, but when we start to look at the supplement lists that often these coaches will give people, they're beyond, maybe you need a little extra vitamin D. Maybe you need a multivitamin. They're well beyond this. They're starting to get into some these are thyroid. Yeah. I've seen thyroid supplementations. I've seen things that are, that are hormonal effectors and yes. that those are what I was talking about your risk and your decision about risk. And I'm going to preach here a little bit or, or share a little frustration that I have. So, so hold on to your hats here, (laughs) ladies and gents. Um, so oftentimes, um, coaches will suggest that people will get this blood work and doctors will say, no, you can't, you know, they won't do it. It doesn't make sense. It's costing them more money, but then they refer them to a different doctor and they tell them they can go and get their blood work done at this particular doctor and they'll get a discount on that price. You kind of worry. That's a red flag. Or yeah. Is one hand washing another? So that's one aspect. There's also- Can you explain that a little bit more though? Yeah. Just just break that down a little bit more about what that means. Well, there like are what often- is happening Yeah. What, what often can happen, and this happens every day, that, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. And so what I'm saying is, just be aware. It's like um, if somebody recommends that you purchase a supplement and they direct you to a brand and they say, and by the way, here's my code. Yes. You know that that person, just because they have a code, they're going to get some kickback for, for it. So they're being paid to right. influence. And sometimes, a, a real quick though, and because I've you know been in involved in influencer marketing before. I've definitely worked with certain companies. I've definitely, you know, tried products out and given my feedback and things like that. But, but someone who is promoting a product, unless they state, you know, Hey, I bought this for myself. It's just something that I totally love. Like I purchased this with my own money. It's really difficult to trust what somebody says because a lot of times people get wrapped up in, oh, well, this company sent me something for free. I got free product out of it. If I, if I keep posting about it and keep sharing this with other people, I'm going to continue to get free product. So it's either that or you get commission. Okay. So that's like somebody who has a code. They're going to be getting commission based off what you buy when you, when you, I feel like this is important to explain. Absolutely. Absolutely. People. And so if they're not getting commission for it, they may be paid salary for it. Okay. So they may not even, or they may make salary and commission. So you may have a, someone that has signed a contract with a company to endorse them and they're getting compensated for it. So as much as you would like to think that someone is telling their, you know, their honest truth about a product, there has to be some sort of influence and some sort of bias in what they are sharing with the world. And so you see this a lot. And this is the last thing I'll say about this is that when people end contracts or relationships with certain companies, they just move on to the next one. So you have to be careful about the greatness of a product that someone that you admire is endorsing because you have to understand. And I think that's why they're putting in place a lot of things where 
you have to say, Hey, this is an ad, you know, or this is, you know, this is a sponsored something, but I do see that that is absolutely everywhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've had people say, you know, to me, Oh, well, you know, you don't, you don't, um, you don't agree with supplements. Well, I like to look at using any type of supplementation should be on a more ingredient by ingredient situation rather than saying, Oh, go and use this entire, you know, function, but, but look at the ingredients and look at whether or not they're very appropriate for you because each thing is going to have a risk level. So, you know, I've even unfortunately had the experience of um, somebody I knew who went down that path and started to work with a coach who used um, steroids and didn't even know anything that, or must have known something about it, but they were willing to take the risk and they had to go and get, you know, uh, their steroid prescription from an out of state doctor. And doctors will do this, which is crazy. And this person ended up to have um, life changing effects on their body and things they couldn't change. And, you know, so those are risks that you as a healthy person, if you're just in the pursuit of being leaner or pursuit of winning a bodybuilding contest or pursuit of, you know, um, a modeling contract or something so that you're willing to take more risks maybe, but really be aware of the potential problems and, and these can be fatal. Unfortunately, they can be fatal. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, we know that. I know of hand. several people, unfortunately, yeah. you know, when they get in their forties and fifties, things that they did for a couple of years, you know, nothing like that to have yeah. to find out that, that you don't have a choice anymore. It's damaged. Right. Your and I, I will say that this, and this is a reason why this topic is very important to both Joel's and I, uh, and it, it should be important to you all as well as, you know, I keep, I keep referring to you as consumers, but that is what you're doing right now. You are consuming information. You are, and that's what we do all day. We consume information and it's up to us to evaluate it and then, and analyze it and then determine what we're going to do with that information. And I feel like it's relevant for politics right now. I feel like it's relevant for, for just really everything in life is this, if you are aware of what's happening around you, not afraid to ask the questions, if something seems a little fishy, find out about it. If it seems fine, be skeptical still. Yeah. Still find out about it. Like it, exactly. there is the, the more knowledge that you have, the better. Yeah. Um, and actually I wanted to circle back to something. I know. I, I earlier. Okay. No, no. I, I started down. I, this is what happens. You start I interrupted you a little, little bit. I was like, wait. No, we're, yeah. No, we're very, very, I, I get very, um, energized, energized, but also frustrated. And so some of this is coming out in this, but, um, in terms of you as that consumer, when you go to your doctor, if you feel you're not, um, being heard, then tell the doctor, I I would like to speak more about that. The majority of doctors, I do want to say your general practitioners, your, you know, your first line person wants you to walk out of that office healthy, educated, and, and, and able to go about your life. Okay. 
because really, if if you no longer are living, you're no longer a patient, and you're no longer going to be yeah. your patient. To play, but, to play but, devil's advocate, real quick though, I think that, and I know that that's what most doctors want. Like most of them, nurse practitioners, anybody, absolutely. anybody, any type of healthcare provider, they do want that. But I feel like sometimes the space isn't entirely comfortable for. Yeah either person, the patient or the doctor, to be bringing up certain topics, which is crazy that it's like, okay, so we have these doctors, yet we don't have something in place where people feel like they can go in and actually express their concerns. It's like, how many times have you gone someplace like a doctor's office and been like, oh, I wanted to ask about this other health thing I had going on, but unless you write it down on a note card or in your phone, are you going to remember all these questions that you had? So you end up walking out of there being like, all right, well, I guess I'm not going to ask about it. Well, and that's, that's exactly right. You absolutely should go in with any time you have a meeting with some health professional. Same thing with our clients. We're not doctors, but I always want when I'm having a conversation with a client um, for them to be prepared with some of the questions. And it's, it is in my best interest as my, as being a health educator to try to figure out what they don't know that they don't even know what to ask. And I think that is yes. often a big problem. They don't even, people don't even really know what to ask. And so then they don't ask because they don't know. And then it takes somebody else to identify there's an issue. So yeah. often coaches can be great at facilitating that. Absolutely yes. great at facilitating that. Help your clients discover what they need to know. And if you don't know the answer, be that one to say, I don't know the answer yeah. and say, let's figure out who you need to get that answer from. And, and don't be so stuck in your own ego and saying, well, doctors don't know, or this person doesn't know. I know. And not to say that, that, you know, somebody doesn't have some great experience and maybe some education in that. But if you're so stuck as a coach in your own ego, then maybe you as a client, you need to step back and say, whoa, is this person, this is where the coach can be overstepping that boundary. So mm -hmm. you as the consumer has to, you do need to step back and say, well, you know, why is my coach telling me this? Um, are they really qualified to give me that piece of information? Um, are, they, are they fulfilling my needs? And if not, how do I go about that? But, um, but yeah, you know, I do think that with the, sort of the new development of nurse practitioners, I do think um, it, for me, that's a real positive sign in the healthcare world I because I do true. feel that a nurse practitioner, their education is really to um, be in that a little bit more. I'm going to sit down and I want to hear a you. Whereas doctors have boom, 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 yeah. boom. Yeah. I, that's the thing. And, and we definitely... I like that you brought that up because we do, we have some brilliant doctors. We have a lot of brilliant doctors and, but you know, they're, they're great at studying, going to, going to med school, figuring out, you know, new, new cures, new methods, new techniques, all these sorts of things. But the nurse practitioner, they have the people skills because they go into nursing school because they want to help people. So, and, and not to say doctors don't want to help people, but I do think that that is like the really big difference between the experience with a nurse practitioner and the experience with a doctor. So, I mean, that's just a piece of information. Like Absolutely. if you feel like you're like, man, my doctor's a little cold. Like they just like, Hey, so how you doing? You good? Cool. Like no problems. Awesome. Great. See you next year. Yep. Like yep, exactly. that's what you may get from a doctor. Whereas a nurse practitioner may, may be like, 
oh yeah, you know, oh my goodness, is your son 10 now? It's like, that's so great. I remember two years ago when so-and-so did this. So yeah. yeah. And I do different. think that, you know, coach, coaches in this, this realm of health and fitness, you know, we look at, I was a dietitian in the sick world, you know, yes. and, and then when I changed from being a dietitian, working with sick people where I was looking at blood labs all day long. And I was looking at, you know, all of the empirical data. That's what they call that, that empirical data, the facts, the function of what's going on to be able to make the recommendations for the nutrition component. But then when we leap to the healthy population, then, you know, it is a little bit more of an expression of how is this person functioning in their day-to-day -day world? How can we help them to do things better, feel better, process whatever they have to process in their life to be the best that they can and to, to reach whatever, you know, additional fitness goals they may have. But it is very different from, from having somebody who is going to be able to um, analyze things and process it, but then take it to the next level and, and mm -hmm. being really within what the, the framework of the, of that coach's job. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, you, be careful if somebody claims to, to know more than they really do. Right. Um, exactly. Because it's that. easy to make those claims online. Like people, you know, people just really are constantly doing it. And it's scary and it gets, you know, it gets, it gets me down that people are, you know, I hate to say falling for it, but falling for it. And it's like, you hear all these horror stories and, you know, as, as, our job as a fitness coach is, you know, is more on that preventative side. We're trying to be like, hey, you know, let's try to change some of your habits, get you to eat better and exercise more. Like that is what our role is. But when it gets to the point where it's like, okay, a little bit of exercise and a little bit of, you know, if we were talking about cholesterol or diabetes, we wouldn't be messing with it. You'd be talking to your doctor. So when it gets to that point, it's like you have to just know what is unacceptable. Um, and if you were to explain it to an outside person, would they think it was ridiculous? Um, sometimes you have to take yourself out of it and be like, what is actually a little bit too far? Um, yeah, so don't absolutely. be afraid to do that. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, you know, being aware of if somebody does recommend or suggest or give you a list of things that they highly recommend um, with a little code at the end to order. <laughs> Look up each individual product and be a little bit of a sleuth and, and look at the risks. Don't only just look up the product and see, you know, on bodybuilding.com, you can buy 20 varieties of that particular product, or you could go and buy it from the person that suggests it. Look at the ingredients and, and look at the risk factors and see if these risks are things that you're willing to um, assume. Um, because there are there is no regulation. There is, you know, I know that um, I've seen supplement lists from some coaches that um, are not on the banned substance list, but they for anti-doping, but they are ones that fly under the radar. And when you go and you read the risk factors, if you saw all of these risk factors, you would say, no way am I taking this. And this is, yeah. you remember some of these, all of these supplements for the most part are optional. They're because if you're generally healthy, you, yeah. why would you take a generally healthy person and take something because we're going to try to optimize, I'm yeah. using air well, quotes oh. here, when if all we did was, inc you know, just 
add a little variety of food, maybe cut out some of the junk, maybe, you know, drink a little more water, maybe do some, you know, exercise or a little bit of stress management, sleep management. Think about those things. Do you have those things in check? before you just start throwing pills and powders it and potions. It makes me it makes me laugh because we you hear it all the time. Well, I don't want birth control because I don't want artificial hormones in my body. I don't want to be taking, you know, this and that. And then these same people that are saying that they don't want to put birth control into their body, which I get you're changing the hormones in your body, but they are the ones that are also out here taking all these supplements for, you know, appetite regulation and carb blockers and like crazy things like that. And it's like, you are literally putting stuff into your bodies that have been engineered by humans. Like we are creating them in labs and facilities and shipping them out. And they're not tested. And they are not tested. And they're not tested. You know, I will share this because, um, we are on the topic of it, but you know, this, there is a story of someone who has, you know, won a title in a bodybuilding show, a drug tested bodybuilding show who did not purposefully take any sort of, uh, enhancement physique and, uh, enhancement. And they tested positive on a drug test and they were, you know, their title was taken away. Um, and this is because supplements are not regulated and this just, you know, crushed somebody that you know, because yeah. of just, yeah. And, it, and it's probably it's, a tainted supplement. Yeah. And, and there's been of, lots and lots of cases where supplements have been pulled from markets because they find um, not even from, you know, contamination and things like that, but because, so you think you're taking something that is accepted at the, on the banned substance list, but then there was a whole line of, um, it was one MR, they actually had pulled it off the market because they found the metabolite of it came up as positive on drug tests. And so they pulled it and reformulated it, but you don't know where along the line. This was probably, I want to say, this was like 10, 15 years ago. years ago. Yeah, not even that long think? ago. Yeah, yeah, 10. yeah. It was about, it might have only been six years ago. Um, but yeah. Um, but that's, that was just one case, you know, and so when things are recalled and things are moved around and, you know, you go to, you know, your favorite little vitamin store or whatever nearby down the road and you're looking for something that you used to buy and then all of a sudden it's reformulated. So again, well, you don't, well, you don't know, <laughs> yeah, you they don't. may have found something wrong with it or maybe they found something better, but you know, better again. Airports. Yeah. And I'll even say, like, <laughs> I'll even say, you know, real quick that like, it, even if you, even if a brand, you know, is huge and you're like, well, they've got, you know, the best labs and this and that, it's like, you know, when it's not regulated entirely, things slip under the rug. And so it's like, why do you think that like there's ethics involved in healthcare? It's like, there's, there's ethics involved in healthcare because we have to protect ourselves from, from the mistakes or uh, or choices of other people, because not unfortunately, not everyone is the greatest person alive, and and will not do something that will benefit them, but hurt others for uh, short term kind of satisfaction or something like that. Yeah, uh, if you think about it that way. So it's yes. a tricky space. We have to just be careful and aware um, and know what you're putting into your body and accept the risks because 
you're and liable. Be, if, exactly. You know. Be a consumer who is uh, a little bit, if not a lot skeptical, uh, you deserve the right to be skeptical. And if you're not satisfied with an answer, then keep asking the questions until you get an understanding that you can live with. And, and that again is coming down to like, just ask maybe somebody, why are you recommending this supplement? Can you tell me what all the, the, the pros and cons are here? And, and then with what they're telling you, maybe do a little research and decide whether or not those, do yeah, you know, so you're telling me this does A, B, and C, what are the pros and cons on this? And then, um, you know, do the research. I'm just going to give an, it just, it's, it's an example of you as a consumer being aware. Um, a couple years ago, I went for a physical and I had a funky little spot on my foot. You might ignore it. It was skin color. It was a little rough. It was a little scaly. I was like, I don't know what it is. So I asked my doctor, she looked at it and she said, you know, that looks okay. You know, it doesn't look like it's anything serious. So I kind of just put it in the back of my mind. But of course, you know, every time I got a pedicure, I would, every time I washed my feet, I could see it, I could feel it. So about three or four months ago, I started noticing a sensation change. I started having um, prickly pain on my foot. I kind of ignored it. I thought this kind of weird. A couple weeks ago, that little skin colored spot got all inflamed and a little crazy looking. So I called my doctor because I'm like, I don't like the way this looks. Something is yeah, fun- changed. Some- when something, something changed, changed. Something changed. You have to be aware of Something changed. Yes. So uh, she looked at it and said, I don't know what it is. Okay, my doctor, who I love my doctor, and I've been going to her for 15 years, I trust her with everything because I am very fortunate. I have an amazing doctor who sits with me, spends the time, talks to me. She says, I don't know what it is. I'm referring you. Just what she should have done. I got an appointment right away at a dermatologist, and I had a biopsy. And lo and behold, I have, um, I have a squamous, squamous cell carcinoma on my foot. And so... If I had ignored that and I just thought, eh, I can put a little cream on it, it will go away. No, I have to deal with this. Fortunately, I'm going to be fine. Um, I am going through some, some treatments on it and, and the treatment, I had to weigh my risks and choices of the treatments based on some pros and cons and lots of research and a lot of questions so that I could come up with what was right for me. And so passing this on to you as a consumer you're going to be faced your entire life with decisions on your own healthcare. If something doesn't look right, probably isn't. So ask the question. If yeah. something doesn't feel right, probably isn't. Yeah. So Cause no one question. is going to look out for, for you. Like you are, it's like it, it's one of those unconditional relationships that you you need to have with yourself that says like, all right, well, no one's going to make this happen for me or ask these questions for me. I need to do it. I need to be proactive. And it's like, and that is basically the, the summary of this entire episode is just be aware, be your own advocate for what you think is right and ask the hard questions. Don't let people walk all over you and don't just follow the crowd because exactly. the crowd has no idea where they're going. <laughs> There's no idea. <laughs> it's very true. And, and you do have to, sometimes it can be confusing. Sometimes it can be overwhelming. Um, so you may have to keep investigating. You may have to um, keep 
finding somebody who is going to be your healthcare advocate as well, but you're going to be number one healthcare advocate. So when you're out there and you're looking for a health and fitness coach, or if you're looking for, you know, a life coach or, you know, just somebody um, who's going to help you through to take you to the next level and whatever it is, always be uh, listening to them, but keep an open mind that you always have the option to say, why are you telling yeah. me this? Why are you? Or no, I don't, I don't want to do that. Or but, I'm not comfortable with it. Yeah. Cause you know, you can always say, no, I don't want to do that. It doesn't mean that the coaching relationship or the relationship in general, just no matter what it is, needs to be over. It's just like, you're, you may not align with somebody 100%, but that's the whole point of this is that it's like, okay, it, stand up for yourself when you don't align with it and then move forward, like being confident in your decision for that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Well, I feel like we, I feel like we were able to talk so much about some of these like just important things that were on, on our heart and brain, because, you know, we do think about these things a lot, especially in the space that we're in working with people and, and we're definitely observant of what some of the other coaches out there are doing. Uh, so we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We definitely have lots of opinions. Well, and, and I do hope that, you know, listening to us talk about this, if, do, if it does nothing else, but remind you to, uh, to be open-minded, but also be self-protecting. And that to me is the best way that you can take care of your own, uh, health and fitnesses, um, to, to be, uh, on that spectrum. So, but thank you for listening to us because I actually feel a little bit of a sigh of relief that I've put this information out there because it's been kind of needling away at me. Hey, for, I feel great. <laughs> for <Really>? years. Yeah. <laughs> that's actually, that's so funny. We, we, we love you guys. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.